Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This episode is presented by patrons Elliot K and Vespertine Flora. Patrons get a chance to select upcoming episodes, as well as receive exclusive content not available on the regular feed. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit patreon.com slash creepypod. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents The Bad Days Day 4 Gates Around the world exist massive holes in the ground. The edges surround by a metal collar. Strange phenomena all about the area they are located. These are the gates. The gates have been known throughout ancient civilizations and tribes. One man named Mel Waters has brought focus to them. The two he's found have been dubbed Mel's Holes. Mel asserts that, for years, locals had known about the bottomless nature of the hole, dumping garbage down the hole, including dead cattle, truckloads of old tires, and large appliances like refrigerators and TV tubes. When garbage was dumped in the hole, no sound of the object hitting the bottom was heard. Mel claims he began a series of experiments with the hole on his property, including one where he lowered a piece of food into the hole to detect if any water had been at the bottom. At the end of the progressively longer lengths of fishing line, Mel claims he began a series of experiments with the hole on his property, including one where he lowered a piece of food into the hole to detect if any water was at the bottom. At the end of progressively longer lengths of fishing line, his last attempt lowered the piece down to 80,000 feet. At that point, in 1997, Mel sent a fax to the Coast to Coast AM show describing the hole, and shortly thereafter appeared on the show. Soon after the broadcasts, Mel claimed the men he identified as government agent told him there was a plane crash nearby, and that he could not approach the hole. He says that the government then offered to pay him a large monthly stipend to lease the land in perpetuity. These alleged payments are said to have continued from March 1997 through the beginning of 2000. In December 1999, while on a bus to Olympia, Washington, Mel claims he witnessed an altercation between police officers and another passenger, after which he was taken off the bus to sign a police statement. According to Mel, the next thing he recalls is waking up around San Francisco, 12 days later. He claims he had been physically beaten and his rear molars were extracted. An alleged IV scar on his arm convinced him that he had been drugged. Mel claims that he later returned to the hole, 
at which time he was served with papers indicating that his ownership was now in question. Due to modifications that had been made, presumably by the government tenants, Mel alleges that his assets were frozen for unstated reasons. When he appeared on Coast to Coast, Mel Waters described the hole as being roughly 9 feet across and at least 80,000 feet deep. He also claimed that it had numerous supernatural powers. According to Mel, a dead hunting dog thrown into the hole by a local was seen much later running through the woods, as if hunting was somebody else. After his appearance on Coast to Coast in 2000, Mel claimed on a subsequent appearance that he found a second hole. The second hole is alleged to be on public land in Nevada, under the management of the Federal Bureau of Land Management. According to Mel, the land nearby is used by Native Americans as well as members of the Basque community, who are using the land for grazing sheep. Mel described the second hole as being nine feet in diameter, the same dimensions as the first hole. Mel claims that the Nevada hole has a solid metal liner, or collar, sticking out of the ground, two feet high, two feet deep, with several notches on it. Mel claimed that the alleged second hole's collar was composed of a substance with the following unusual paranormal properties. Mel claims that he dropped a box wrench on the metal collar, but that the impact did not make a noise. He says this implies that the collar absorbs the sound or energy. According to Mel, the hole is solidly lined with this metal as far as one can see into the hole. Mel claims that even in winter, the area around the metal collar is warm to the touch and will keep nearby tents warm. He says the collar is not hot to the touch, however. According to Mel, local Basques say the hole has been there in its current state for their community's entire existence dating back to the 19th century. He claims one man had personal recollections of the hole since he was young, over 70 years ago at the time of the interview, since around the 1930s. In addition to his claims regarding the Basque community and the second hole, Mel also speculated about a Basque connection to the second hole. He claims he found a whale bone near the first hole, which he asserts could have Basque origins to a history of whaling in Basque culture. Mel further claims that the hole occasionally emits a black beam. He acknowledges that, quote, This is a contradiction, but a black beam of light, okay, comes from the hole. It lasts a very short time, but it just goes directly up to the sky. If you had a flashlight and it was capable of throwing up solid black, unquote. Mel claims that he and assorted Basque locals performed an experiment with the Nevada Hole, in which they lowered a bucket of ice they bought from the grocery store. Allegedly, one bucket of ice was lowered 1,500 feet into the hole, and the other bucket of ice was kept at the surface as a control. By the time half the ice on the surface bucket had melted, the bucket in the hole was to be retrieved. According to Mel, the ice in the lower bucket had not melted, and additionally, was no longer cold to the touch. He claims that the ice had been changed in an undefined way, and described it as having a texture like silica desiccant found in packaged food. As a further experiment, Mel claims they placed the alleged bucket of unmelted ice on a cooking fire, and instead of melting, the ice allegedly began to burn. Mel Waters described the fire as, quote, 
like that last flicker before you turn off a gas stove. Unquote. Mel goes on to claim that this new substance could be used as a source of heat, saying that, quote, One guy took some home. He put it in his wood stove, and the thing's been keeping his place warm, unquote, for over three months, September to January. Mel claims this man also reported that steam from a nearby kettle was absorbed by the burning ice, and that the area surrounding the burning ice was always very dry. According to Mel, after a few months, the stove with the burning ice crashed through the floor of the man's cabin for unknown reasons, and that the man returned weeks later to find the entire cabin collapsed into wood dust. Mel attributes this alleged phenomenon to all the moisture being sucked out of the wood by the burning ice. Another experiment Mel claims to have performed on the whole involved lowering a living sheep to the depth of 1,500 feet resulting in the death of the animal and the appearance of a mysterious, seal-like entity. Mel claims that the sheep was led to the hole, but became agitated when it approached the hole and had to be stunned and placed in a crate. According to him, the sheep awakened as it was being placed over the hole and began thrashing around in its crate and making screaming noises. The crate was allegedly lowered to about 700 feet, at which point Mel claims that the vibrations caused by the sheep's agitation could no longer be felt. He claims that when the cable had been lowered to its full length of 1,500 feet, the metal collar around the hole began to vibrate. According to Mel, the sheep was left at this depth for 30 minutes before being winched back up to the surface, where it was found to be dead. Mel claims that from an external perspective, the dead sheep appeared the same as when lowered, but that inside, the sheep looked like it had been cooked. In addition, Mel claims that he observed a jellied blob that filled the body cavity where the internal organs normally would be, which he described as looking like a huge tumor. According to Mel, the alleged tumor was removed, and the experimenters believe they saw some movement inside. He claims that when the tumor was cut open, it released a fetal seal with human looking eyes connected to the tumor with an umbilical cord. Mel explains that the seal seemed to have a hold on those present and that it and the human experimenters viewed each other for over two hours. Mel claims that the seal seemed to him to be a being filled with compassion and that after nodding at the experimenters it dove back into the hole. The tumor and sheep remains were allegedly bundled in a tarp and thrown back into the hole, thereby removing any evidence of the experiment. Mel claims that he had been diagnosed with esophageal cancer prior to his experiment with the seal, but that afterwards the cancer was entirely gone, with no evidence it had ever existed. Mel feels that he was healed by the seal-like entity from the sheep carcass. In a later interview, Mel claims a seal entity was now making regular visits to the Basque shepherds camping around the surface of the Nevada Hole. He claimed that the seal was able to communicate with the shepherds through a portable radio. However, when recorded, Mel says that the result was only a series of unintelligible sounds, as one might hear an interference on a shortwave transmission. 
Mel claims that a new species of bird has been spotted in the area of the second hole shortly after his alleged encounter with the seal. The bird was said to be bright red, with bluish beak and an estimated wingspan of 14 inches. He claims that at least six individual birds have been seen in the airspace around the hole since the seal incident, but that no professional can name the species from a distance, and said bird has not been captured as of yet. It developed into an urban legend, and gained the nickname Sunbird. Mel claims that the so-called Sunbird never lands, except near the rim of Mel's hole. He speculates that the bird comes from deep within the hole, and he claims that the locals believe that these birds are the cause of the sheep's death and the tumor that produced the seal entity. Mel professes that he himself has shot one of these birds in an attempt to bring it down for possible analysis and perhaps dissection. But that after being hit directly twice and tumbling 20 feet, the bird pulled out of the fall and continued flying. According to Mel's story, no birds were seen until three days later. Mel reports finding two crushed bullets in his yard. He says it's inconclusive if they are the same two bullets shot at the bird. Mel claims that a local Basque man volunteered to be lowered into the second hole, but that the man was convinced to reconsider by Mel and other experimenters. Mel expresses his wish to have his body thrown into the Nevada hole after his death. The description of Mel's hole in the Nevada desert bears a strong resemblance to the hole or bottomless pit believed in by the Manson family and discussed in the various court proceedings. Manson preached that a bottomless pit with mystical powers existed in the Death Valley area. The Manson pit figured prominently in his end times predictions. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! 
SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.